Hey folks, another busy week of politically charged news making the headlines. On Sunday, the New York Times published a report detailing how little in federal income taxes President Trump has paid over the past two decades, including only $750 during his first year as president. And on Saturday, President Trump nominated Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill the seat vacated by Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It appears that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell now has enough votes to proceed with the confirmation process, possibly even before the election. Anne and I discuss all this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, including the newly launched United Security and Cyberspace podcasts, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. College students with a valid.edu email qualify for a discount. Head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a lower rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. So there's a big event coming up. It has me a little nervous. Um, yes, me too. The debate. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the debate. I'm talking about the cafe happy hour on Thursday <laughs> evening. <laughs> Look, the debate's important. I can't I be know, nervous for that yet. <laughs> it's important for America, but we just before we get to substantive matters, we should remind people that we're going to have a happy hour, virtual, bring your own drinks, BYOB, Thursday, October 1 at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. You can tune in to watch or to listen. If you already get cafe emails, you should have already received an invitation in the Cafe Brief newsletter. And if you don't, and you want to hang out with me and Anne and the other Cafe hosts, that includes Lisa Monaco, Ken Weinstein, John Carlin, Ellie Honig, go to cafe.com slash preet and sign up, and we'll send you an invitation. The Zoom link will be sent on the day of the event, a few hours before it begins. Yeah, and I should alert people that the happy hours are really fun. They're um, a little alert less... people? That's an alert? I should... <laughs> I should alert you. Usually that's a warning. I should alert you that the happy hours are, well, are quite Well, just if people fun. are expecting a lot of wonky policy, like, be very it tends to be a little more lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. You've been warned, Preet. All right. So, again, that's cafe.com slash Preet. There's no cost. This is a free service. Be warned. It's a lot of fun. So, before we get to the Supreme Court which is the dominant news, and I think one of the most important things happening in the country. Can I ask you a personal question, Anne? Always. Did you pay more than $750 in federal income taxes last year? I did. In fact, I can't really think of... Does that make you a sucker? Of, Are you a sucker? Uh, you know, I can't really think of a time since maybe even college or before college when I paid that amount of money or less. I mean, it's it's that long. Look, it, it's it's astonishing, Preet. And, and I know, you know, I sort of, I understand that you can't charge people with a crime based solely on a tax return. And so we, you know, I watched sort of the analyst yesterday being very thoughtful on this, but it's stunning. And like, there are not many things in life that you have to do as an American, you have to pay your taxes and you have to do jury duty. Um, and if there's a war and, and there's take out the garbage, you got to take out and the garbage. take, well, yeah. That's your your <laughs> personal one, but there's not a lot of things you have to do, and so this it is, it, it really is. I mean, it's it's incredibly striking, and and look, we'll talk about this another time, but I think there are issues of 
you know, obviously the potential tax fraud, but also the bank fraud, the investigation that the Manhattan DA's office and the state AG in New York have been doing. And also, you know, potentially there have been conversations about insurance fraud with with some of the transactions that are, are potentially listed. And so I just think there's a lot there for prosecutors and investigators to go through. And, and certainly there'll be plenty for us to talk about. And the time says that more is coming. So um, yeah, that's an important could, point. Yeah, I couldn't put it down either. I don't know about you, but that article, I like dropped everything. In case you're, you've been living under a rock, this is the blockbuster New York Times story from the last couple of days that talks about all the ways in which Trump has avoided taxes, which is different from evading taxes. And I think that remains to be seen. A couple of the stunning things, and we'll get on to the Supreme Court. You know, the, the article notes that just based on his time working on The Apprentice, Donald Trump made $427.4 million through 2018, and at prior times made substantial sums of money and yet owed almost nothing in taxes. I guess 10 of 15 years, $0 in taxes. In 2016, the year he was elected, and the following year when he was in office, paid only $750 in taxes. And you know, a lot of people, including noted conservative Ann Coulter, I saw this morning, said, you know, it is not the right talking point and the retort from Republican allies of the president to say, well, good for him. Everyone should figure out a way not to pay taxes and take advantage of loopholes. And this is Ann Coulter, so it's interesting, said any system in which, uh, you know, I or an ordinary citizen pays half their income in taxes and a billionaire pays nothing is a system that's in need of redress, right? Yeah, I think I think that's a very fair takeaway, regardless of whether or not there are specific crimes here. The, the fact that this has gone on and obviously been allowed to go on for decades is, it's shocking. And look, I, I was fascinated by just reading that even the sort of most aggressive, extreme wealth individuals who look for every tax haven, every possible way to avoid taxes end up paying about 24%. So they don't pay close to half of their income as, as many of us do. They pay, you know, a quarter, but still, you know, Donald Trump, you're talking about paying zero taxes for 11 years and for two years paying $750 when you're talking about millions that he's showing as as uh, assets, as as income, it's unbelievable. And so I, I couldn't agree more that there's a bigger conversation that has to take place here too. Yeah. And look, like everything else with Donald Trump, and maybe it's just because when people talk to me, they always want to ask about crimes and maybe that happens with you also. But whether or not something is a crime doesn't mean there are not other reasons to be deeply concerned about them. And I think the most distressing thing about this is the part of the story that reports that Donald Trump is potentially deeply in debt and has loans that are coming due for which he is personally liable to the tune of $421 million, most of that coming due in the next four years, which would mean if he gets reelected during his presidency. And it's not clear he has the wherewithal to pay it back. It's not also it's also not clear it's at not all. It's not clear who, who he owes that money to. Right. Which is, what if, what if it's which is unacceptable, right? It's unacceptable that you would have a president that has that level of um, liabilities, basically potential exposure to blackmail, to problems, who could be beholden to other people, and we don't know who it is. That is completely unacceptable. And and by the way, that's why historically, not just presidents divest, but like all government officials divest, right? You know, you left a law firm to go to a to go to, to the U.S. Attorney's Office, like, I, you know, I negotiated this a lot when I was AG. There would be senior people who were in business or in law who were entering government service. They had to divest, and we helped them work through like what was required. But you just can't have people out there with existing. You can't have. You can't serve two masters when you serve the people of the United States. Well put. And by the way, this whole funny business about Donald Trump saying 
fake news. The New York Times is fake news. One of his lawyers basically said every most facts in there are false. Well, there's a pretty easy way to prove that they're false. Yeah, release them. Release them. Yeah. So I don't. I don't fully get it. it one, one last point. About I found this. the. I found the denials very weak for what it's worth, and very you know attacking that they were illegal leaks. Never your strongest argument when you're trying to say that um, something isn't true. Yeah, I know that there were previous reports about Trump's taxes from an earlier period, and that didn't last a long time in the news cycle. I think this one, because it's closer in time, the period that's being examined, and it's close in time to the election. And the figures are, I think, even more astonishing, both the amount of money he's paid in taxes, federal taxes, and the amount of money he potentially owes third parties makes it a much bigger deal and a much bigger story. And I would imagine it's going to come up in the debate. But a question I have for you is, obviously, the IRS mostly deals with you know, collecting taxes, but there's also a criminal component. And they do criminal investigations based on information that they might have about fraud, tax fraud, tax evasion, et cetera. And I'd be curious to know if the Times has any evidence that the IRS, aside from having this long-time audit that's been going on with the president's tax returns and a particular tax refund he got of $73 million, if they have also opened up a criminal investigation. Because that's the entity to do it, right? Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I think, look, I think there's potential, you know, as I said, bank fraud that it wouldn't necessarily be the IRS who would do bank fraud or some other types of white collar fraud that could be here. But you would expect, you would expect, yes, that the IRS would look at this. I mean, there are the deductions around um, consultant fees that look like they were Donald Trump's children, the taking of sort of an investment property around the Seven Springs house in Westchester that was clearly not used as an investment property. I mean, there's a lot of just what I would say are like real red flags. Um, And I would also just add that IRS agents tend to be, in my experience, excellent. They're they're the sort of folks that, you know, they're happy to be in a in a like tiny broom closet with they're not gonna appreciate this description, but like with like stacks and stacks of files around them. And they just are like, they just work through paper and complex um, financial arrangements. And so I I would sort of suspect that that has happened or is happening. And and I would hope actually that it is. I mean, there's so much potentially problematic here. Well, as you pointed out at the beginning, the New York Times has more stories to come. And obviously, they've been working on It's going to be a drumbeat up until the election, yeah, I suspect, it's sort of every couple see, weeks. Well, yeah, and what the denials are. And it, it's pretty telling. I hope you like this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode and hear more of our Supreme Court coverage, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.